Episode 11 of the Wokeaholics podcast. I'm Steve here with my buddy and partner in crime, Michael. Uh, Mike, it's good to hear from you again. I know we tried this a couple of weeks ago and we had some technical issues, but what have you been up to? You know, I've just been doing my thing. Uh, I mean, you know how it is. You, you've got you've got sick kids. I've had kids issues and life issues and just trying to, uh, you know, make our way through this uh, crazy reality that we seem to find ourselves in. I hear you. So right before we kicked this off, you said, I'm in a good mood. So is that a good mood because you're just kind of yeah. laughing at the comedy of it? Or are you in legitimately a good mood as in you're positively looking at the future or what? Because I got a whole slew of things on my end that are just killing my vibe. So give me some good news or tell me what you're happy about. Well, you know, I think we have no choice but to choose to be happy. Uh, you know, when, when, when things are bad, things are bad and, and there's no getting around that, but I sort of feel like we, we have to, we have to laugh at some of this stuff. I mean, um, so in our, in our little pre-show talk, you know, you mentioned, uh, the white house press secretary. Now I always thought the P was silent. Is that not true? Do you really it, it, say it, it? It is. It's, it's, it's like, uh, like if you're saying psychology, I guess like Saki, well, you know, well, it's kind of there, but not, she's well, also not kind of there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call her psyche. Um, cause she, she's a psychic case. Um, like she creeps me out. Like, I, I don't know. I've never felt that way about any other democratic, uh, press secretary. She legitimately, there's something weird going on. So, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, you know, we have to laugh at this stuff. Um, we have to kind of mock it a little bit. We need we need to get some endorphins flowing because I think, you know, as I mentioned before, we, we've talked a, a lot about some serious stuff on, on our little uh, get-togethers here and our podcast. We've, we've addressed, you know, racism. We've addressed um, all the stuff that's happened over the last year, the election, Trump, mm -hmm. uh, this, this, that, and the other thing. A lot of it's very heavy. A lot of it's very serious. And I'm not going to pretend that things are not serious. Uh, I happen to believe that there's a lot of stuff going on right now where if we don't stand up and kind of take some action as concerned citizens, it's going to continue to get worse. Yeah. And, but, but be that as it may, we sort of need to having a, you know, a release an escape valve of stress and pressure and humor and laughter is the best way to do that. So what have I been doing recently, aside from all my normal activities, been watching a lot of uh, funny videos, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a, you know, d despite Google being evil, um, you know, I, I do frequent YouTube and I do watch and listen to a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, among the most important, and maybe some of the folks who are listening to this, maybe they know these guys, maybe they don't, but the, uh, those comedians key and peel, mm -hmm. they did a, they did this Mr. T little video where one of them was Mr. T and it was a ripoff of that old eighties, Mr. T show where he's talking to these kids on the playground and he's telling them to be nice to the to their mother, and uh, and then he breaks out into the, like this sort of quasi rap song. It is so ridiculous. 
Um, <laughs> but these guys, these guys did a whole video on that and just nailed Mr. T. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe we need to have a show where we find some old joker who's willing to portray, you know, Biden. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, instead of in the White House, he's in the, uh, the Alzheimer's, uh, <laughs> you know, li- living assisted living center. Yeah. Uh, which is what the White House is now, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? The world's most expensive uh, nursing home. Indeed it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think that, I think there was such tension coming out of the 2020 election and then January 6th just kind of sent it to like the next level. And like, we, we spoke about this a few times where like, we just kind of didn't really have a, just opening our mouths to defend anything about that not necessarily the actions of the so-called insurrectionists or anything, but just to defend anything from our side was just hit with like thrown back at us so hard that it just became like a struggle and not worth it. So even myself, I kind of, it's kind of balled up and just got quiet for a little bit. I stopped with the the political banter on social media and stuff for the most part. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think we both did. I I think we both needed time to sort of, well, I mean, figure out what the heck happened. And- unfortunately, I've you know, at, even outside of politics, outside of national level politics, I had always been kind of keeping an eye on what was going on in this county here regarding like race and stuff like that in the schools, and so that's never settled down. And in fact, it's ramped up tenfold. And I think you know, COVID nineteen, what's been a serious twelve, fifteen months or whatever it's been um, of coming out of that pandemic. Um, I think it kind of accelerated the wokeness in the, around the country, right? Like it made people kind of bored and they just went through every corner they could of the, like the cultural spectrum and just tried to, for lack of a better term, like fuck with it. Right. And so we saw a lot of reactions come of that, um, the critical relate race theory stuff in schools and, um, just keeping like people are back in the game and politics, even without Trump, you know, cause the establishment is doing the establishment establishments thing and right. all this like uh bipartisanship and uh, middle of the road, Joe stuff is just not really happening. And I think that without COVID um, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Like now I I'll reiterate the fact that I think that COVID like is what enabled Joe Biden's victory, but let's just assume he won anyway. I don't think we'd, we would be where we're at with the level of, disdain for this for this administration i don't think we would be at the level where we're at with like the pride stuff and the race stuff and like the transgender stuff like i I don't think those things would have hit the pitch the fever pitch that they're at now without the time that we had to discuss these things while half of us or most of us were home from work for most of the time over the last year right yeah yeah everything everything's been cranked up to 11 so in that Um, regard i think that you know I'm glad that the conversation kind of came back up. I, I realize that I don't like to fester in the in the peace and the quiet because when you when you do that, that's when leftists sick and that's when they attack and that's when they destroy tradition and culture and everything about the country. So, I mean, I'm kind of back in the game now. I'm kind of ready to go back in the saddle. Yeah. And um, you know, well, things are getting nutty over here, but I, I don't know how it is in your part of the country these days. But well, gosh, yeah. you know, well, yeah. I mean, you guys, I mean. How do you pronounce your your county, Loudon? Loudon County, yeah. Yeah, Loudon. Loudon County's been in the news a lot. Oh, it's I all mean, over, man. It's all I've, over. And it's like school board politics is like mm-hmm. making national news. It's really, really, really interesting. Well, you know, it's um, actually, th- th- I think it's kind of related to like, you know, 
yeah, COVID has nothing to do with school board politics, but it does because they were making they were the reason why the school board the schools were closed for the entire year, right? And these yeah. are the guys who were if you look at their Facebooks and Twitters, like these are the folks that are basically like on their knees to Dr. Fauci, right? Trust <laughs> yeah. these are the trust the science people while praising the fact that they're promoting uh, little boys, you know, considering gender reassignment surgery at age six, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, they'll tell you till they're blue in the face that they're the party of science. And they'll also tell you that they're nonpartisan. But the reality is, is that the school board is a hyper-partisan entity. Like no elected official today exists in a nonpartisan, it, it doesn't exist anymore. We've that's destroyed, right. we've destroyed that part of the country that's supposed to be like, you know, united and stuff. I yeah. mean, they, they, they tell us to, like, I don't want to defend the the alt writers or the QAnon people any more than anybody else does, right? I mean, I don't just I don't like those people, but because we've told everybody and taught everybody, hey, pick one of two teams, you know, they get lumped in with us, and then we're stuck in this position where we have to like either fight against the people who agree with us on some things, or or be peaceful with people who are hate. It, it, it makes no sense, right? Um, they're kind of asking you to to defy your own morals for the sake of the team you're on, you know, blue versus red. Yeah. Um, it's just a mess, right? Well, it is a mess. Uh, so, you know, on the note of the hyper partisan nature of, you know, the local school board mm -hmm. politics. So I, I agree with you. I, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. I will say part of the blame lies with conservatives a lot of conservatives have spent most of their time focused on national stuff while letting the local politics languish. Agreed. And let me tell you something. Uh, and, and I realize just by dropping this guy's name, some people are going to be like, Oh, great. Here, you know, here we go. Here's the bogeyman. <laughs> but look, let me tell you something. George Soros is on record as saying that, so, so he dropped tens of millions of dollars on national races and, and, and had very little to show for it. So what he did was he steered all of his money and his energy toward local things like school boards, like district attorneys, like state attorney general, you know, those kind of political races that they've always been important, but they, they've always sort of flown under the radar, right? Yeah. Uh, well, now not so much because we see what some of the district attorneys have been doing, the ones that won because of his largesse, uh, you know, in various jurisdictions where they've let the crooks go. Mm. They, they, they don't even charge the guys. And these are folks that are going around hurting people, right? Uh, a lot of this is directly related to Soros money. His, his kind of uh, dark money political action committees uh, that have funneled a lot of money to these races. And you know what? Over time, the local school boards, they've been captured by and large by the left. Because let me tell you something. Some of this uh, transgender nonsense uh, and ideology and hardcore militant, quote, anti-racism, unquote, which is really, quote, racism. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, I mean, w when you discriminate against people solely based on skin color, which is what anti-racism says it does, that is racism, guys, mm -hmm. right? 
but it's it's infiltrated all the schools and this, this stuff is going on in Georgia. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, we're not talking about stuff that's that's happening in California and New York. This stuff is in Oklahoma. Yeah, this this stuff is in Idaho. I mean, there's no escaping it is how it feels like. And I, at least we're talking about it now, you know, we weren't really thinking about this a year ago before COVID. I didn't really see these types of conversations. They, they creeped in a little bit when teachers or school board members started to talk about the mascot name changes that came about around the same time as like a lot of the statue uh, debate, you know, like pulling yeah. down statues. And the interesting thing about Loudon, Mike, um, you're going to laugh at this. So they were discussing like what can they rename the locals high school here it's the school that my girls would will go to if they if they are here and in public school at the time um their mascot was the raiders right and apparently that was some kind of confederate throwback or whatever raiders um, raiders like um uh it's slipping my mind now and i talked about this ad nauseum but basically there was the name of a unit uh, mm-hmm. in the confederate army and they changed it to the captains, whatever. Um, you know, it's still a nice name. And there was this whole hoopla over it. And the the local school board member here, lady lives around the block for me. She's incredibly despised uh, in the school board. She's up for recall. Same with the five others. Um, you know, she basically came out and said, listen, uh, as we, you know, get public opinion on this, I wanted to tell you that I'm not going to take into account white people's opinions. <laughs> um, and she's white. Oh, of course, she's, she's right. white. We're, the homes yeah. here are a million dollars. Like she's living the white life, you know. As, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the life she's claiming to fight against. She's in the middle of it, right? Yeah. And um, you know, the, the so-called white life, because that's what progressives do. They hide in these neighborhoods, right? And they they claim that they're fighting oppression. But um, so <laughs> she says this. Now, this is the thing that that just kills me because they talked about, you know, what do we name it? What do we name it for weeks? And like I said, they settled on captains, which is a cool name. But Loudoun County is the home of the only Southern state that had a union fighting unit. Oh, okay. Fascinating. The Rangers, they were called the Rangers. And the so Rangers. We, they could have just really made it easy and said, let's call them the loud and Rangers. But the thing is the people here are so effing stupid and have are so short-sighted. You got to hear them talk about the civil war, man. At the time it was the most comedic thing. And I'm not even some like, historian on the civil war right but i know that the union didn't regard their southern enemies as terrorists they regarded them as people who disagreed they were going to fight it out and then they'd have to figure it out after how they were going to come back together again right they still considered them americans right yes and so they're talking about how like people are terrorists and mind you, I'm a, I'm a yank, you know, I'm a, I'm a born like New York Yankee and I have no connection to the South, no like familial affinity for it. And I'm sitting here like having to defend the honor of like someone's great, great, great uncle in the South being torn up by a bunch of ideologue whites that are probably born and raised here in the South. And why it's because they have the most insane measure of white guilt up in there in their brains that yes. they feel that they have to tear down everything. And that's the point. Critical race theory comes for, it comes for it all. It's yeah. a, it's a shoot off. It's a shoot off of critical theory. Right. And it's supposed to be something that encompasses all. And it's, it's kind of interesting. I use, I, I would figure in down in Georgia where you're at, I, I figured this kind of crap would be in Atlanta, but how's it been creeping over to the Augusta area? Like what, or oh. are you still in the Augusta area or did you go to Savannah? I've, I, no, I'm I'm in the Augusta area. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so, I thought so. so. So we have a really interesting 
kind of situation down here where Augusta proper is Richmond County. Sure. And so I'm in Columbia County, which is the neighboring county. And there's quite a divide between the two counties. Uh, Richmond County, which is Augusta proper, they have a lot of issues. Crime is very high. Uh, The schools are poor. And and by poor, I mean the quality, the environment, the the education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Columbia County is the, it's the mirror inverse. Mm -hmm. So crime is not high here. The schools are better. So what ends up happening is, is, you know, when people come, when they're on their way to move toward Augusta, from other parts of the country, they reach out, Hey, where are the best schools? Don't go to Richmond County, go to Columbia County. So what ends up happening? All the people that really care about their kids and their education come to Columbia County. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you've got this really unfortunate divide there. And to be fair, Augusta, the the city Augusta has been mismanaged for decades. Uh, There have been a lot of scandals. There's been corruption, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm in the part of Augusta where it's just better. Uh, it's, it's better managed. It's better run. Certainly not perfect. Certainly there are issues. There are things I could complain about, but overall it's a very good place. Now is the critical race theory seeping in? Absolutely. So, so let me tell you something. Uh, now I don't have any hard evidence where I am because my wife and I have chosen to homeschool. Uh, all these years. And so I didn't even and, know that I must've yeah, that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so our kids are homeschooled. Uh, I'm really grateful for that. I realize that's not an option for a lot of people. So I, I don't judge anybody. Sure. Everybody has to make their own choice. I'm proud of the fact that my kids have not stepped one foot in a public school. And based on the stuff that I'm hearing right now, they will never mm. go to a public school. Uh, like over my dead body is, is basically how I feel about it. Now, uh, I I don't know if you saw this, but up up in the Northeast, uh, I believe it was, I think it was Rhode Island, possibly Connecticut. This this woman started asking questions. Hey, what are you guys teaching my kids? Uh, can I see the curriculum? Can I see Can I see what's being taught? You know, can I see the teaching plans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a, this is a parent that's sending her kids to school and she's trying to get uh, information about what they're teaching her kid, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is what the school board and, and the school administration apparently did. They basically put her on a blacklist. They, they, they stonewalled. They refused to turn over any information. They refused to answer her emails. They refused to deal with her when she went down there in person. They gave her the runaround. Uh, to make a long story short, she wouldn't take no for an answer. She's like, hey, you know, technically speaking, you guys do work for me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my tax dollars pay for you guys. We vote for the school board and, you know, superintendents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they, they had a big school superintendent meeting or a school board conference or whatever it was. And guess what was put on the agenda? The, they actually, they, they literally put this on the agenda, whether to sue this parent. Were you serious? Oh, dude, 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 dude. For what? On what grounds? 
Well, there's no grounds at all. It was it was it was 100% bullying tactics. Was it some nonsense like like violence with words or something? Because like no. that's what it's where we're at. I'm just asking because well, that's well, how sure. stupid this conversation sometimes gets, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. No, uh, they they didn't even have a reason. Uh, I, I think they may have they may have come up with something like like interfering with yeah like school yeah some kind of administration public, yeah oh yeah yeah but but she she consulted an attorney she even went on uh, uh she went she went on Fox and spoke mm. with uh, Tucker Carlson about it so ended up they they voted on it whether to sue this parent yeah and they, and they ended up voting no well thank uh, God yeah but but and, and well the reason is is that it would have gone nowhere and then she, and then she's considering suing them. Yeah, she should. And I think she should, but, but so getting back though, to like the attitude here, so the reason why they didn't want to give her any of this stuff is because they're shoving critical race theory down all the kids throats and, and they're hiding this stuff from a lot of parents. Well, here's the problem though. We live in the internet age, right? Yeah. This stuff is coming out. You can't hide anything. And and they put a lot of it online in the beginning. One, I think, because no one was really looking at it. And two, they they actually believe this is like legit. Like they they, uh, you know, this is gonna this takes a lot for me to say, but I do believe that a lot of the folks who like to regurgitate this stuff or that they promote this as good, I think they do think that they're doing well for their fellow man, right? I think that they've convinced themselves of that. I don't think that everyone goes into it with this malice, right? I think that- I mean, they're they're not standing there like twirling their mustache going, I'm going to destroy, (laughs) you know, they're they're not doing that. But, and yeah, I I will concede that many of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but I'm going to say many of them are motivated out of some- sense that their cause is just and righteous. Sure. And I mean, so in that way, in that sense, I at least will say, look, I'm willing to talk to anybody about this stuff, right? Because I I don't sense that everyone is necessarily out to get me. But at the same time, there's the part of me that is Papa Bear, right? And I'm thinking about my kids in a couple of years, and I'm not going to allow them to even get a get a hint of this stuff, right? I, I'm not going to even allow them to to dip their toe in the water. Like that's just an it's just, it's an immediate no. My girls won't be taught to be sorry for anything about their ancestry, nothing, because there's nothing that they're responsible for. That's exactly right. And you know, the the language that is often spat. At, at, at parents, people like me, some of the more vocal ones that you might have caught on the news. I know we've we've talked about a couple of them because you've actually seen some of these news stories, and I know some of these folks. Some of them are my friends. Um, the 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 vitriol that spit at them is very immature. It's very infantile in that they are convinced, and I'm talking about the liberal school board members, the administrators, the teachers, and then the parents that support them. They're convinced that we just don't want minority Americans, especially young students, to have access to anything. They're convinced of that. Yeah. They There is no part of their brain that allows them to open up and consider that that might not be true at all. In fact, it's not true at all. We just don't trust the method in which they're seeking to correct it. Or we don't even think that what they're looking at is often a wrong. We look we look at them as seeing very super superficial, surface level statistical things that don't 
do much to explain a problem. Right. At best, they shroud the fact that they have been the oppressors. And by they, I mean any leftist, any progressive, any Democrat, they are the ones who have set ab- apart or have set about these social systems and this power structure, right? That's created a system where, for example, a lot of young black kids, uh, boys and girls alike, are just not pushed towards things like, say, STEM high schools, right? At, at a right. young age, right? And so the way the way idiots like our school board and our administrators will try to overcome that is they dumb down standards. They don't say, "Let's get that," you know, "Let's get in with the parents early in kindergarten, maybe even earlier, and get them started on preparing students for that p- possibility in their in their later years." Something to work towards. Uh, the saddest thing to me is that. I see like a, such a huge amount of lost potential. And when you wait until the end, say the end of 12 years of a public high school education or a public education, and then throw someone into this fake contrived cookie cutter idea of diversity, you're setting them up for failure regardless. Well, that's, they'll, that's been, that, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. No, no you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it, it, it's done, it's done an, an entire generation of, of blacks, uh, a severe uh, injustice. I mean, this is something that Thomas Sowell has written books about. I mean, he, he picked apart, this is the same argument that he, he totally demolished the case for affirmative action. Yeah. Please stop helping us. Right. I think his name of one of the books and then, yeah, I mean, actually, actually like, no, that was, that was, I'm, I'm thinking of the Jason Riley. I'm, I'm an idiot, but I do have the Sowell books as well, like the economics books. And yes. Well, well, the thing, the thing that, the thing that Thomas Sowell and, and other folks like Clarence Thomas, for instance, um, you know, Clarence Thomas experienced firsthand. So he got, he got his law degree from Yale, but he soon discovered that if you're, if you're black and you have a law degree from Yale, you're not treated like a white person who has yeah, a, a law degree from Yale. And mm-hmm. it's, and it, 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 it all has, you know, it all comes down to this, uh, to this notion that we have to help black people. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, you know, they, they, they look at the data, they, they expose uh, what these programs are. They're really efforts to control. And then the, the folks that come up with these programs, they can, you know, pat themselves on the back and say, look at, look at what I've done. I've, you know, I've helped do X, Y, and Z, but they don't look at the data and they don't look and see the effects that a lot of these programs have had on young uh, black boys and girls. Um, but Thomas Sowell has laid all this stuff out and, and affirmative action has devastated uh, a lot of folks. Um, it's put people in programs that they weren't ready for. Uh, and that causes a whole host of issues for the, for the students that get put in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then possibly worse than that is the stigma that some of these uh, young people experience. It's the stigma that Clarence Thomas experienced. When you do get through the program, people will surreptitiously or unconsciously look down on you because the assumption is, oh, well, you just got in because of affirmative action. Yeah. And it I mean, hasn't, you, you know, it hasn't done anything to help these people. And so like, Till they're blue in the face, they'll claim that we ignore or we don't believe that oppression existed or that black Americans had a – I mean, 
I think we've said it here more than a thousand times probably in our in our maybe 10, 11 episodes. It's we recognize just how oppressed black Americans were. Like it's the darkest stain on our on America's history, bar none. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they can't separate that from the concept that maybe they're just wrong right now about what they are doing. I I don't yeah. even think that most of the the initiatives address the root causes of the problems, let alone actually create some kind of positive at the end, like you say, like the damage that affirmative action has done. I think it misses on so many levels. And it, you know, it, the the part that kills me, the part that makes me the saddest is Democrats do this to overwhelming applause. They they've taken the oppression that they used to very outwardly, you know, practice via many different types of oppressive things, Jim Crow laws, slavery, whatever. And they're doing basically something that is just as devastating today to black Americans to smiles, to, yeah. to votes, to near 90% yeah. support in elections. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it might be kind of an extreme to compare the two eras, but is it really because back then, Democrats were very openly saying that they were going to do that. They would say some horrific, horrific things. They were saying those things up until the 70s and 80s. Joe Biden was one of them. Oh, I right? know. I know. Uh, and, <laughs> but they were yeah. – and I mean this isn't a good thing, but they were, being, they were being honest of what they thought, right? Yeah. They were yeah. being – today, they'll claim that they're none of those things while carrying out the exact same oppressive behaviors. Yeah. And they'll they'll do that by saying that they're helping. It is that is the big lie. Not this, you know, that is one of the biggest of big lies because it's it's history repeating itself in the now with the same players. And people are talking about it like we're we we've like, like things have flipped around or something. It's the same people. Yeah, it's and it's a it's a it's a velvet bigotry. It's I mean, it's not the it's not the harsh discrimination and and overt racism that I love that descriptor I'm going to I'm going to 100% steal that velvet yeah. bigotry I've never well, heard that before Well I mean it's you know it's presented as oh we're going to help you you know get into this college we're going to help you do this we're going to help you do that uh, we're going to we're going to introduce this you know program into in inner city schools and it's going to do x y and z and nothing changes Yeah you know, it gets worse, actually. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it's sad. I, I heard today that Princeton um, removed the Greek and Latin requirement in their like classics uh, or their classic literature, I guess, like track, like the major yeah. study. And right. they replaced the language portion with uh, a section on race and identity. <laughs> yeah, I know. In that, classics. That, in, in- that, that made headlines uh, all, all over the place. I mean, it, well, look, it, it mirrors – it mirrors what all the English departments have done by removing Shakespeare, right? Mm -hmm. Look, Shakespeare invented half the English language that we speak today. Uh, I mean, take Shakespeare out. I mean, I mean, you have to have the foundation for what you're studying. And if you're going to take Greek and Latin out of the classics, I mean, how are you going to be able to read the originals? How are you going to be able to read what, these folks wrote. I mean, you're, you, you, you have to read a translation, but, but you're not versed in it. You can't, you can't go to the original sources and check and see, and then uh, take that original material and study it and analyze it like the way, you know what I mean? And and it's so uh, what's the right word? 
I, look, let, let's just be let's just be honest about why they're doing this. Um, anytime you see them jettison standards, it's always done because they don't like the fact that Asians hmm. achieve more yeah. than whites, and that whites achieve more than Hispanics and that Hispanics achieve more than blacks on these achievement, uh, like, like, like the SATs, the ACTs, yeah, yeah. Uh, all that stuff, all those, uh, all those measurements. Uh, w- when you break it down by, by race, Asians come out on top every single time. Yeah, I know. Uh, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly Asian Asians, are really, really smart. And I know it's funny to say that because, uh, you know, there's that stereotype where, you know, Asians are good at math and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you're you know, not supposed so, to say that anymore. That's what you're I've not supposed to say that. Yeah. 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 You're not supposed to say that. Uh, but often it's true. I mean, I remember in high school, we had a, I had a kid in my class. He was Asian and he was already taking calculus in the ninth grade. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's got to be something to it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a there's a class action lawsuit against Harvard. Yeah, I was wondering for, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. Right for discrimination uh, against Asians because what they're doing is they're not accepting Asians, and and in their places they're accepting blacks, mm-hmm. uh, and Asians are saying, "Hey, you guys are purposely discriminating against us." This is like the biggest dirty secret of the progressive world right now yeah. is that they they've been actively discriminating against uh other other races well, it's an open it's an open secret and, and well, i mean yeah, yeah at the same time though there is that like the policies that kind of govern discrimination or affirmative action for schools is it gives it a very broad like there's a chance they eke their way out of this and don't see much of a, a negative consequence from it because we tend to be very protective of these mega schools that with like with forty fifty billion dollar endowments, right? Yeah. Um, there's a there is a path for them to get a, get out of it. Are you really they historically they've really only had to justify that hey this benefits the overall gist or the 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 spirit behind our educational experience and that and that spirit is more diversity equals better. Um, you know, I think. I actually would agree with that if I thought we were doing diversity right. I just don't think we do. So in the in the scope of what we define as diversity, or at least what the left defines as diversity, and let's be real, they define the narrative on that 100%. Yes. Um, you know, if they think something is diverse, I don't believe that's necessarily evidence that it's good. Because, you know, we know what they think diversity is. It's It's taking a couple of looks at someone's skin color and saying, but you know, wiping your hands, you're done. You've, you've separated the people as you need to. Yeah. But you know, that is so, that is so, that is so racist. It is. It's terrible. And it it defeats everything about, uh, tradition or like standards or the American dream. It dehumanizes, it dehumanizes people. I mean, when, when you reduce people down to just their skin pigmentation, I mean, you're, you're taking away their humanity. You're taking away their, their individualism, you're taking away their soul. I, I just find it so, so, so well, I evil. Mean, Mike, those things, um, you know, someone's soul, their humanity, those aren't universal concepts across 
the world, right? We consider those, I mean, there's a lot of free countries that agree with us, but we consider the things like liberty, justice, uh, individualism, uh, we consider those very American ideals. And there is nothing about that ideal in those traditions that liberals don't want to destroy. There is no, there is no tradition that like liberals respect, there is no standard they respect besides no standard or no tradition. It's about breaking it all down. It fits right in with the whole cultural Marxist uh, philosophy of just everything that that ties the individual to something is, you know, verboten. verboten. Yeah. It has to be towards the greater good. And when you have to make the outcome the same for everyone in that greater, you know, everyone in that in that group, which is literally everyone. It could only be the lowest denominator. Yeah. You could only you have to bring it down to the lowest. And yeah, any well, society, Churchill, yeah, yeah, Churchill said it's the socialism is the equal sharing of misery. Yes, or something like that. Hundred yeah. percent, and that's where we're at. And I, I think parents finally see it. You know, it, they see that the, the the kids are administrators here. I, I could speak for Latin, but it seems like this is occurring nationwide. Like. Yes. People will use the kids as this experiment and not think twice about it. Well, you know, that's, that's so ugly. That's so evil. Yeah. I mean, I, I read a story. Uh, I clicked on it a couple of days ago. This, this guy's six-year-old boy came home and he was sad. And his dad says, you know, son, what's wrong? And his son was like, dad, I'm, I'm white. And, and I'm told that I should I should feel bad. And he's like, why should why should I feel bad? I don't understand this. And this guy, he he just blew a stack. I mean, these kids are coming home and they're being told that they're evil because they're white. This yeah. is happening. Yeah. This is that's child what, abuse. That's this is child abuse. And if we think it's not going to continue, and exactly as you said, it's abuse. And there's a there's it happens in many different ways in school. It's not just the race thing. It's it's the pushing kids to not tell their parents at the age of six or seven that maybe that they're they're confused about their gender. You know that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I it, know. The 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 abuse that is pushed on children in our schools and is billed as like some kind of help. I've spoken about this on a couple of the solos episodes. They are looking to replace the parent. Because the parent is the impediment. Parents like us are the impediments yeah. to this utopia. Right. And that's why that's why things happen like I shared up in Rhode Island. This woman wanted to be involved in her child's education. She wanted to know what was being taught. And they treated her like a crook. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that happened in a place where you wouldn't really expect it. It's happening in New York City too, believe it or not. Some very posh private schools are starting to rebel. Yeah, we're talking seen, like fifty, yeah. sixty thousand dollar a year schools. I played one of them in lacrosse uh, when I was in high school, and like we're talking like kids rolling up in like Bentleys and Porsches. Like that—that's the kind of that's the kind <laughs> of high school we're talking about. I forgot you played lacrosse. You, yeah, just uh, another one of my connections to the news, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's yeah. I, I know it's uh, I know that your heart's probably pumping. My my heart's probably pumping. But as we uh, as we look to maybe wrap this up and 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 think about you know what's coming next, I, I, 
maybe we could end the episode on it with a little bit of fun. Now, let's, we need to, yes. Let's because- forget about the race stuff. Let's forget about the serious stuff and give me in 60 seconds or less something about the new administration that just makes you laugh. It could be like an I told you so. It could be like an example of something that's even worse than you expected, a gaffe, whatever. Just give me something that can make me laugh about your perspective on what we're seeing with Biden and the, the Harris-Biden administration. Excuse me. Well, the, the thing that blows me away is I knew in January that these these jokers were going to be pretty inept. I, I'm just blown away by the scale. Uh, does anybody really believe that Biden is in full control of his faculties? Does, mm. does anybody really believe that? I don't think there's very many people in this country that really believes that his elevator goes all the way to the top. Yeah, and And I think... This is kind of funny. I think there's a growing number of people who are starting to doubt whether Harris's elevator goes all the yeah. way to the top. I agree. Who's, who's really running the show? Yeah. Who's in I, charge? You know, I, I that's kind of my answer is I ever since when Tulsi destroyed her at the debate, right? Yeah. I was like, you know what? Right there is the moment where it was apparent that she has absolutely nothing. She's a shell. She couldn't defend herself except to say, oh, it's not true. That's that's all she said. And that's the way that she defended herself. And not, not long after that, after spending $50 million on that campaign, she was the first to drop out. Yes. And I never, I mean, I, just, I don't like her as a person, but that being said, aside from that, aside from my personal partisan feelings, I, you know, she never brought anything to the table. We're talking about the first woman to be a vice president. Right? right, right. We're talking about a, a black woman. Uh, she has all the cards, right? Black, Indian, um, you know, first woman, whatever. She has all of the things that the half the country likes to go goo goo gaga over. Sure. And you could just sense the excitement for her is not there. It, she doesn't have it. She doesn't have that that allure that people want. I would go as far to saying that Joe has more of it than she does. Yeah. He's a, he's a much more interesting character. And I, I mean, part politics aside, the dude's been through a some pretty rough parts of life that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, right? Yeah. Um, she's got nothing interesting about her story. In fact, she's she spent more time destroying black Americans than anybody else has that was running. So I I think that as much as they try to put her on Time magazine and give her these cool pants suits and shit and run these dumb stories about her and her family, she's just not interesting. And that they couldn't make the first black female vice president interesting, even to the most like minimal degree, tells me that, okay, fine, maybe it worked for this election. Obviously it worked. He won in, in, in this in the environment that they won in. But outside of that, man, like that was a dud of a person to choose. And look at what she's doing with things like the southern border. Absolutely nothing. She chuckles and laughs like she's scared. That's the laughter of a scared person. Yeah, it really. You think is. she I could mean, actually take over for Joe? No, it's embarrassing. She, no, it's very embarrassing. And I never thought I'd say this, uh, but you know, Hillary Clinton is a thousand times more <laughs> yeah. effective than than yeah. this woman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I disagreed with Hillary Clinton on just about everything she did, but I recognized that she did have 
some management experience, right? She was secretary yeah. of state. Well, she, she had the a- stones. She had the stones is what she yeah, had. Yeah, I, yeah. One of my teachers at Johns Hopkins was a former ambassador in Argentina and he was no lefty at all, but he did say like she ran a pretty good shop at the state department, you know, emails aside, like she was a respected right. leader. You could, you could separate the politics from that in that moment. Right. Yeah, and I, I respect yeah. people who could look at it objectively like that. I mean, I know she had been around politics since the early 2000s when she, when she became senator in New York. She was my senator. I tried to get a nomination for West Point through her. Like, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I recognize she's been around for a while. Kamala Harris comes out of nowhere seven years ago. And because she is who she is, she gets thrown into this position. It was nuts. If Trump yeah. wasn't who he was, if COVID didn't hit, it would have it would have been what dreaded the Biden. I mean, uh, what uh, what killed the Biden campaign more than propelled it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, that's a little bit more than 60 seconds, but anything, any signing off thoughts, Mike? Well, no, just that, uh, kind of in line with what I said before at the beginning, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long haul, but we, we have to, we have to stay, we have to stay on the sunny side of things as best we can. You know, Reagan, I, I think of Reagan, you know, he dealt with some serious stuff. Uh, before he got into politics, he, he dealt with some serious stuff. He always kind of viewed the future with optimism, no matter how dark and scary it seemed. We're kind of in a dark place right now. So that just means that, that you and I and, and everyone, we just need to get up and do some things. We need, we need to go to these school board meetings. We need to speak up. We need to say, this is unacceptable. We don't like this. You're hurting our kids. If, if we would all just stand up and and do this, I have a feeling that we could really, really, really change the trajectory. We just have to have the courage to speak. And right now they're sort of, uh, they're benefiting from the fact that a lot of us, we've been a little, knocked back on our heels a little bit because of all the cancel culture stuff. But you know what? There are so many good people out there. We just, we just need to stand up and, and, and just be who we are and we don't have to be ugly about it. We can, we can, we can, we can be happy warriors. I guess that's what I, that's what I'll end on. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's be, let's be happy warriors. Yeah. That's, that's that's not something I'd expect to be the sign offline, but we could go with that. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I mean, Hey, we are in war, but you know, we, we can have a good time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, it's been fun. Yeah, man. Um, I'd like to apologize to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's abuela. We didn't have time to get her on tonight. Um, but <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought she died in the, in the January 6th attack. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> That's another. Did she pull another good one? Yeah, I think so. I think she did PTSD and all. But oh, God bless the Yeah, God bless. Oh man. Anyway, um, we thank you for watching this episode of the Wokeaholics. We can't wait to have you back next time. And for now, this is Steve and Mike signing off. You guys have a good one out there. Take care.